Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello! How awesome was that yesterday? <laughs> Fantastic Sunday of opening day football. Obviously, they open on Thursday, but... First game for almost every team, two games tonight. And really, I mean, you can make the exception of, of Browns, Eagles, but all in all, every game was highly, highly competitive and highly entertaining. It was phenomenal. I really, really enjoyed myself. There's so much to soak in. We obviously are not going to be able to get to all of it today. In case you haven't figured it out, this is Matt Williamson. You have reached the Locked On NFL podcast. Um, if you want more in-depth action for your specific team, check out the Locked On Panthers, Broncos, Bears, whatever your favorite team is. Um, but we are going to go over a couple games. We're going to preview and pick both of tonight's games. I actually got called off the bench. I am going to do the Steelers post-game show tonight. I was only going to do them during the preseason, but they got in a bind. Um, so I'm heading there. So one more thing on my slate. So I'm a little busier than I planned, but such is life. Uh, not the end of the world, that's for sure. Um, but good stuff. Again, let's talk right off the bat. And there's so many to pick from, and there's so much good stuff. But I'm just going to pick Raiders... At Saints. And when we talked Friday, I picked the Saints in a very close, high-scoring game. Get all your fantasy starters in there type of game. Well, it was pretty darn close. I didn't get the right team, but barely. Um, the, the thing everything is ta everyone is talking about, obviously, is Jack Del Rio deciding to go for two to win the game. Basically, the whole game came down to that play. The Raiders converted, Crabtree made the play, they go home a winner, and everything is wonderful. And that's pretty much true. You know, this was a very, very even game. Why'd he even make that decision? Basically, because I don't think he trusted his defense to put up a Drew Brees in the Superdome at all. Because they were moving the ball like crazy. Um, Brees was fantastic in this game. No one in the history of the game has more 400-yard games now than Drew Brees. He's tied for that honor and surely will surpass it at some point this year. As you recall, he was my early sort of upset prediction to win the MVP award. But I think a huge thing to take away from this is I think this is how every Saints game is going to go. <laughs> They're all going to be like this. They're all going to be... 900 yards of offense, 1,000 yards of offense, tons of points down to the wire, back and forth. Start all your fantasy guys. Uh, I just think that's what the Saints season is going to be. And um, maybe one or two, you know, maybe one more game than not, they come out on top or it's an 8-8 eight eight type of team because I think the offense is every bit as good as the defense is bad. And that's a, an extreme statement on both sides of the game. Um you know, fun game even down to the end, even at past the two-point conversion. Rookie kicker, first game ever in the Dome. 
trying to kick a 61-yarder to win it. That didn't happen, and I don't think anybody's holding him super accountable for that, but, you know, it came down to the last, very last play of the game. Um, some some news and notes. Obviously, Breeze was phenomenal. Cooks with a 98-yard catch and run. It basically just ran right past Smith, you know, who they just signed, obviously, this offseason from the Chiefs. Uh, he had a tough day from what I saw. I mean, I have not watched the coach's tape, obviously, on that. I think Cooks is a budding superstar. Uh, and the other, you know, let's talk about their other receivers, too. I thought Michael Thomas had a good game, and I think he'll be a very, very solid contributor with a high ceiling and continue to get better. Willie Sneed's open all the time. I mean, he's 7-11. I mean, this guy was open the entire day. And one of the reasons I picked against the Raiders was because there's so many new parts. I, I could see this game being... You know, a, a a difficult time of first playing, first time playing together, and I do, I think this defense will play better. They obviously won't be in the road in New Orleans every week. It's a brutal matchup for any defense, so I'm not super worried about the Raiders. That that, that Smith uh, showing wasn't wonderful though. Um, where was Kobe Fleener? It's not like they needed him, but it, it's odd that he was not part of really. You know, the, it really showed up at all, really. Um, remember we talked a lot this preseason about the Saints offensive line. Um, and it really was concerning, you know, they're very offensive line centric team and they look fixed. I mean, Khalil Mack didn't blow them apart. Michael Irvin had, or not Michael Irvin, (laughs) Bruce Irvin had a, a very good game. But other than that, they kept Breeze clean. They opened up holes. They have Jari Evans now. Uh, let's. I'm leaning towards the Saints' offensive line is fixed, you know. The, but we shall see. That's something still to keep an eye on. On the other side of the ball, speaking of offensive line, I thought that, you know, I, I watched Assembly a, a lot. You know, his first full game after getting a big contract with the Raiders. I thought he was great, yeah, and I loved him with the Ravens. I thought it was a phenomenal signing to begin with. They're in contention behind Dallas, and we'll get to Dallas later, actually, for best offensive line in the league. The Raiders are loaded up front. Um, And this is sort of an interesting note, and I read it on several different places, and it really added up after watching the game, was Carr was phenomenal against a four-man rush. And we know New Orleans doesn't rush the passer very well. Um, He didn't go deep a lot, but he was highly, highly efficient, effective. It's more of a quick strike type of offense. But against the blitz and against pressure, he didn't do so well. And I, I, that M.O. isn't disappearing on Carr yet. That, that's the, To me, that's the biggest hurdle he has to overcome to get to the next level right now. Is He needs to be better when under pressure and versus blitz. And I, I don't know that he'll get, get there or not. I don't, I'm not saying that it's an impossible thing to climb. But that's just something to keep an eye on with Carr going forward when you're thinking about him. Um, I, I think Amari Cooper, he had good numbers in this game. Very much looks the part of a number one receiver. That's phenomenal. And the thing that, the, the bummer of this game, really, and this is going to be huge, is Delvin Bro. I don't even know if you know who Delvin Bro is, but he was a Canadian. He grew up in the Louisiana area, went to Canada and played. The Saints plucked him off the Canadian roster. And people in the know when that happened last offseason were saying, boy, they got themselves a good one. This is, a you know, one of the gems out of the Canadian Football League. And he absolutely was, as a, quote, rookie last year, clearly their best corner. One of the only highlights of their dismal defense last year. Couldn't play man coverage against top receivers. 
well, it looks like he's out and he broke his leg. That's huge news. That's really bad news for these guys because that's maybe that him and Jordan are probably the two guys on defense that they just absolutely could not afford to lose. The defense has been getting hit, hit hard by injuries. It wasn't good to begin with. They're going to let up a ton of points this year. Uh, I think they're right there with Indianapolis and the Browns as the worst defense in the league. Um, Williams did return from injury, though. P.J. Williams, the other corner. And I think he's a solid number two young and has a, a promising future. But now Ken Crawley and Devontae Harris have to play a lot of action. And Carr really just ripped up Crawley. I mean, those guys aren't aren't players you want on the field with a great deal of regularity yet at this stage of their career. Let's just leave it at that. And their pass rush isn't going to help anything either. Talked about that bro injury. And that's a real bummer for the Saints, obviously, like I said. And I just think we're going to take a second here and reel it in after, you know, being a very exciting weekend and tell you about a couple other injuries. Keenan Allen, it looks like he's out for the year. It's a little afternoon here, Eastern Standard Time on Monday, but that immediately looked like a blown out knee. And I've told you many times, I think the Chargers were going to be one of my bounce back teams. This could be enough to change my mind on that. You know, they just don't have the weaponry. He's so ideally fit for that quick strike, Rivers brain, uh, you know, very mindful at the line of scrimmage, quick decision, good decision, quick release, accurate. Now, who steps up? You know, is, is Hunter Henry ready to step up? Gates is a fixture. Stevie Johnson's already gone. You know, Benjamin's not a number one. It's it's just rough, and I guess Woodhead will probably catch a ton of passes, but this is a, a season-derailing injury, so that's a bummer. Xavier Rhodes, before the Viking-Titans game in warm-ups, you know, something popped in his knee is all you're reading. Well, that doesn't sound good. Um, and he didn't play, and the Vikings went on to win, in a very defensive-minded effort, obviously, and we're not talking about that game specifically today, but he's a good corner. He's a big, long corner. That's exactly what they want. Um, it's something to keep an eye on because he was, you know, probably their best corner, could match up against number one receivers. But they have a lot at that position, you know, like the Bengals did when Zimmer was there and still have. They, uh, they draft corners high, and they have a plethora of them, and most teams don't. So I think they can overcome that, but by the looks of yesterday's game, and it might change under Brad, but I think it will. But still, they're going to have to have a, a Broncos-like you know recipe for winning football games. Atlanta lost a game. Julio Jones pulled up lame and was limping, played the rest of the game. Not the same. He has chronic foot issues, and I just wonder what's going on there. Is it something that's going to bug him forever, the rest of his career, the rest of the year? Still was highly effective, but you know now Sanu is also injured. Um, I don't have much details on that as we stand here today, but just something to keep an eye on. If by chance the Falcons were without Sanu and Julio, <laughs> they're probably the worst team in the league. <laughs> I mean... Are they going to beat you with Austin Hooper? I mean, yeah. yeah. So, uh, they just they can't afford to lose Julio. That goes without saying. Just like, you know, Steelers can't lose Antonio Brown and the Giants can't lose Odell Beckham. I mean, obviously great players, but there's just so little around them. And they really are high on Sanu. So, that's a problem. Mario Williams got a concussion. 
played very well from what I saw, and maybe we'll get to that game tomorrow. That was one of the surprises of the week for sure, is that Miami hung as well as they did with Seattle. Uh, hopefully this isn't out for a long stretch because I think you know that Williams has a chance to revive his career with, with this, this Miami offensive line. Uh, the two other ones, the other one from that game, Russell Wilson obviously hurt his ankle. He taped it up. He played through it. There's, who knows? He's injured. I mean, he did something to his, his ankle. Whether he plays next week or not, we will see. I'm sure that'll be a huge story throughout the week. I mean, I don't think you need to listen to this podcast to figure out that a Russell Wilson injury is a big deal. Um, who knows if he plays or not? I'm just totally going on a limb, and I bet he does, considering he did finish out the game. Um, but if he's limited, if his, his limited mobility can't run, can't, can't get out of way behind that bad offensive line, that could be a huge deal for the Seahawks, at least early in the season. And Sammy Watkins has a foot, and there's been a lot of different conflicting thoughts so far. Is are they going to shut him down, or what's going to happen? And again, he's one of those he's one of those guys that if if they shut down Sammy Watkins, the little that I was still on the Bills train, I am jumping ship in a huge way. He's that important. Okay, we talked injuries. We talked Saints Raiders. Let's talk Dallas Giants. I know it's only week one. I've had I've been all over the board on this division. I think it's probably the worst division in the league. But I've kind of come to the conclusion, I don't know if I've told you this, but I've pretty much come to the conclusion, and we'll see Washington tonight, but I don't think the Eagles have a chance. I mean, it's a rebuild year for them, and I think they know that. You know, fine, okay. I think it comes down to Dallas and the Giants. And at the end of the day, I pick the Giants to edge this division out. And so, looking back, this might be the most important win in the year, or, or of the week, in terms of playoff implications. You know, you go on the road and win a close game, uh, that's huge. And, I mean, again, this, no one's going to run away with this division. I don't think any of these teams are going to be 12-4, and four, you know, while the rest of the pack's sitting there 7-9 or whatever. Um, the Giants played pretty well. Clearly... Here's the theme, is they won this game at the line of scrimmage. And uh, the, the Giants have problems at the offense tackle position. But those guys played reasonably well. Um, their interior offensive line's pretty good. And we know Dallas's defense is, you know, very suspended. <laughs> not, not very good up front anyways. So it wasn't a huge shock that they won that battle. But they outplayed the Dallas offensive line, too. Like I say over and over, is the best in the league. And clear, I mean, this is a statement game, in my opinion, from that defensive front. And it's not surprising. Olivier Vernon's a great player. Snacks Harrison's a great player. I think Pierre Paul's ready to even take another step forward. And they have depth there. Hankins is good. But they may be one of the best defensive lines in the league now, as opposed to, boy, they're a lot improved and these guys are nice signings. They might be one of the best defensive lines in the league. They vastly outplayed the Dallas offensive line in the running game. Um... They didn't get a lot of pressure early at all, the, the Giants' defensive line. And Dallas moved the ball, you know, drive after drive. I think it was three really long drives, and they all ended up in field goals. And he wasn't under pressure much, and, you know, Prescott wasn't asked to make very difficult throws, but he was moving the ball. That's big. Um, but a huge key here was the Giants really did everything in their power 
to take away Elliott, and they did that well. I mean, as a note, Alfred Morris ran pretty well, but he was a peripheral player. I mean, the goal here was to stop Elliott. He had 20 carries for 51 yards. He did score a touchdown. There just wasn't much running room. I mean, they were losing in the trenches, and that's huge. You know, Dez was basically invisible in this game. Um, almost caught a touchdown. Controversial call. Could have gone either way. I think they made the right decision watching it a couple times. I'm not worried about Dez, don't get me wrong. But, you know, these cover guys for the Giants are pretty darn good, too. Also, a lot of new additions and big money spent there. I thought Prescott played pretty well. Again, there wasn't a lot asked of him. Uh, He had a couple tipped balls that he didn't pay for that could have really ruined his day. Um, Didn't really throw deep very much. 15 targets for Jason Witten. Safety blanket type guy. You know, you hear the cliches that... Great tight ends, a rookie rookie quarterback's best friend. Yeah, Witten could get pummeled, you know, just get pelted with, with targets this year. Um, the, the story here, obviously, late in the game, though, was what a knucklehead. I mean, Williams gets the ball. They throw it to Williams on the outside late, late in the game. Instead of just going out of bounds and picking up a couple extra yards after the catch, he cuts it inside, goes down, game's over. I mean, are you kidding me? situational football the most unexcusable thing in the world it drives me crazy I mean I don't know if Prescott when the huddle broke said dude make sure you get outside make sure you get out of bounds and I'm sure Romo would have but you shouldn't have to tell an NFL player that come on I mean that's almost a cuttable offense to me I mean it makes me bonkers how could you not know that I mean my son knows that he's 10 years old and not to mention, they have an elite kicker in Dan Bailey who's bombing away from all over. He may have wanted for him, but no, they don't even get a chance to do that. Going to the weapons on the other side, it was great to see Victor Cruz back. I've basically written him off in all of our offseason conversations. It kind of a uh, show it to you know show me it whenever it happens. Well, he got in the end zone and. I'm not sure that he's going to be a huge factor this year. I'm not expecting him to put up huge numbers or anything. I really like Shepard, and it was great to see him play big. He's a smaller guy. Great to see him play big on that touchdown, go up and get it. That was great. You know, Eli clearly outplayed Prescott. Eli's going to be darn good in this system. Um, He was great in the red zone, which was kind of the opposite of Prescott, where they settled for three a lot. Eli was super sharp in the red zone. Um... It's to be expected. I mean, Eli Manning's in what? He's been playing for 12 or 13 years. He's a very good quarterback. I'm not cutting on Dak Prescott at all. Um, he did throw a terrible interception, though, to Carr. You know, right, right to him. And Eli still does that from time to time. It makes you a little bonkers. First half, Dallas played very slow. And the Giants were playing very fast. No huddle, getting the ball out. Um in the first half, Dallas had the ball over 22 minutes of, of their time possession. And the second half was a different story, though. Their defense got worked over. Giants' running game took over, which some somewhat surprisingly. The, the offensive line, like I said, played very well. But they closed this game out with their running game. And uh, I don't know that I saw that coming. So my eyes are open to the Giants as maybe they're better than I thought. It's a huge win for them, like we mentioned, in terms of the standings. Uh, my power rankings on Wednesday will reflect it, but I think the Giants' arrow... I'm intrigued. Okay, so tomorrow I am hoping to get to five games, or at least do an, a quick overview, some quick hitters of as many as possible. 
Uh, I apologize. These are as many games as we're getting to today to, to really get into detail. But we got two Monday Night Football games tonight, and I didn't want to ignore that. Most Mondays, we won't have two to discuss. I mentioned that I am doing the post-game show of Steelers Redskins. And originally, they asked me, and usually, they, I mean, they wouldn't even ask because there's other games going on I don't want to miss. And I've told them that, hey, I can't compromise the rest of the league just to help out with Steeler broadcasting things. So they knew that. Um, but in this case... <laughs> The game will be on as we're broadcasting, and, you know, I immediately when they asked me to come do the post game, I was like, oh, no, I'm sorry, I can't do it. And then I'm like, well, what if I miss pretty much of the Niners and Rams game? So it's worth it. Go in the air, help them out, make a couple extra bucks doing Steeler post game. I'll get the cliff notes or I'll watch them the next day and that, you know, those 30-minute clips where they you know they put everything on fast forward basically i could probably even watch that tonight when i get home so okay i'll do the Steelers post game show so let's talk about that game real quick i don't know what to expect from rams from niners you know i, I think san francisco is a little better in most areas than people realize i think chip kelly's system can still work the receivers just so bad and i think the rams defense is taking a step backwards but not massive. They're still their defensive line is going to be really, really good. I don't know how they get Aaron Donald blocked. So, in the end, I don't see the Niners doing hardly anything. It all comes down to how well can San Francisco run the football. And I don't know how you game plan against the Niners with any other intention of let's put ten in the box, let's put eleven in the box. You know, just don't. If you beat us for a big play here and there in the air, so be it. But we are going to eliminate your run game. And make Blaine Gabbert throw to Jeremy Curley or whoever, Vance McDonald. Um, but on the other side of the ball, what are the Rams going to do? I mean, their offense is bad, too. I mean, again, Gurley, I think Gurley has more success than the Niners running game. I'm going to take the Rams. I think Tavon Austin will be okay as well. Not a real barn burner. Not a lot of points. But give me L.A. to go 1-0 and in their new, or their new uh, hometown. Steelers Redskins. Steelers are going to be short some guys. Doesn't sound like Wheaton's playing. We know Bell's out. Obviously, Martavis Bryant's out. Um, a, a real note on the re and you know in the in the Redskins' favor, I think Jordan Reed lights up the Steelers tonight. You know they got young safeties. Um, Timmons has become a liability as an inside linebacker in coverage. I, I think Jordan Reed goes bonkers tonight, and I also think. Deshaun Jackson has a chance to, you know, get behind the defense, blown coverage, or run right past Ross Cockrell or someone along those lines. I bet he ends up with a 50-yard touchdown at some point tonight. So, should be a fun game, and it should be a lot of points. My problem, the reason I'm going to take the Steelers, and I'm hesitant, I think it's going to be close. You know, they're on the road. They have some things working against them injury-wise. But there's one thing I'm really going to harp on, I think, the rest of the year with the Redskins is they're good defending the pass. I think their pass rushers are better than given credit for. You've heard it here first. Preston Smith's going to be a star. Kerrigan's already a good player. I like their corners. So I think they defend the pass pretty well, although I don't think they defend Antonio Brown very well. And I think that they throw the ball pretty well, although I think Cousins... I bet he throws one or two to the wrong team tonight. Uh, again, I'm not a huge Cousins believer. But their run defense and their running game are bad. 
I mean, to me, that's why they're clearly third in this division behind the teams we talked about. Their inside linebackers aren't very good. Their defensive line isn't very good. They're bad at center. They're bad at the running back position. So I think they're too live or die on Cousins' ability to move the offense. And I don't know that the defense can get off the field against Pouncey, DeCastro, D'Angelo Williams. You know, I, I think D'Angelo Williams has a huge game tonight. And the Steelers control this game on the on the ground and mix in Antonio Brown for 150 yards and two scores. So that, that's my thoughts. Um, I'm going to take the Steelers. I'm thinking like 30 to 28 in that game. Where the other Monday nighter, I'm thinking like 17-14, something like that. And the first game is the one you want to watch. All right, folks. Sorry I didn't get to more games, but it was a phenomenal weekend of NFL action. I've got a lot to do, lots of radio hits, lots of articles to write, lots of more tape to watch before you and I talk again. I urge you very much to go check out the other Locked On uh, podcasts of your favorite team. And drop me a note on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL. Thanks so much. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17